All right. Episode 45. 45. What do big, you got? Big names. Jody Shelley. Big fighter. Big name. Big name. <laughs> uh, any little names? Any little names. Jordan Schrader. Yes. Little guy. Little guy. Big name. It's a mouthful. Another Sammy Vatanen. Sammy Vatanen. Good player. Yes. Good defenseman. Still playing. Yep. New Jersey Devils. Sammy Vatanen. Number 45. Episode 45. The Sammy Vatanen episode. Keeps feeding him with the left. Rippon tags him again with the left. Uppercut left. And look at the shots being thrown by Rippon. Rippon is ripping some left. All right, episode 45, Sammy Vatanen, is brought to you by Silverwood Finishing. From custom cabinets to small home renovations with creative design and professional craftsmanship, we aim to bring our clients' ideas to life. Call Kevin Roberts today at 778-549-3417. Reach him on Facebook at Silverwood Finishing and Silverwood Finishing at Hotmail.com, as well as Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Well, episode 45, we are uh, lucky enough to have a... uh, Special guest back with us who's uh, done some time with us uh, previously. Yeah, special um, is right. Very special. Very special. Uh, one of our sponsors that uh, you'll hear more about uh, what he does these days. Uh, Mitch, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're looking forward to your insight on uh, some of the stuff that we talk about tonight. So, yeah. So let's get into it. So, Canucks this week. Um, Going back, we recorded last Thursday, which was March 14th. Today is uh, March 21st, so another Thursday. Uh, we hope to have the podcast out on Friday. Let's hope. We'll see. Yep. If things go smoothly, we'll have it out. <laughs> I had a Friday. busy day today, yeah. and I got a few things going on. Fair come enough. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in your life these days, we know. Mark's a trucker now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I came within the 13 hours today driving, so... Yeah, right. Not so bad. Uh, so, Canucks play... Uh, so, we had... Let's... Before we go... Game by game. Okay. How 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 would you perceive this last week? I guess it would all be on what your. Well, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna go to that. After? Well, yeah. When we. Uh, I'm gonna ignore the sign, and I'm looking at you here. To yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll get to that expectation yes. of this last week because it kinda, exactly it, it, it this is a good week for it, it for polarizes things depending on what you're expecting from the team. This last week really pushed the limits of of that. I think this is a good week if you're a player for the Vancouver Canucks. Well, it's a good week regardless because as a Canuck fan, I'm cheering wow. for the players. And there we go. And the so, players anyways. are cheering for the players. So first okay, game. so Canucks play New Jersey at home last week. Uh, they get up to a two nothing lead. Um, only to have New Jersey crawl back, climb back, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Tie the game up and uh, goes to a shootout. And all, I, I didn't watch the game, but all I know is from this shootout, apparently, is there's going to be a new stamp made. Go on. Shootout. You don't get the reference? Go who, on. Who scored our goal in the shootout? <laughs> Pedersen scored. And, and a beautiful goal, uh, kind of like Peter Forsberg-esque. Very much and so. And if you know the history about that, is Sweden actually made that move, the overhead shot, into a stamp. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So oh, I'm glad you were here to explain I that. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I would, oh, I would have been sitting here scratching my head. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. And um, like many people pointed out, he may have done it better than, than Forsberg. I think he's done it 
because of the amount of control he had right to the very last flick there, of the puck. It yes. was like, it he wasn't like it. he just squeezed it in. He yeah. had the goalie pulled so far over and he had the puck under so much control yeah. that there was no doubt. I don't think anybody, Barkoff did a pretty good version earlier this year. Yes. Um, I think he did it in play and not in a shootout, right. which he'll get credit for. Yeah. But but I've never seen a clean, like he's, that might be the perfect example of that yeah. goal that... Uh, well, even the goalie was shaking his head yeah. when he stood up. Oh, yeah. He was right. just, what was that? that is, yeah. that's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. Right? It'll um, always be considered the... Peter Forsberg goal because yeah, of course. it'll be the same that between the legs shot is going to be the Merrick Malik goal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most yeah. unexpected guy to score like that. Yeah. The spinorama year. is yeah. always going to be the, the Savardian spinorama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just, uh, but yes, that was uh, the re I couldn't get enough of the replays. I remember oh, yeah. I missed the game. Um, I take to Twitter to catch up on, you can get your quick GIF highlight package on Twitter and just watching that about a dozen times before, with my jaw down, just oh, yeah. and I could imagine if you're watching that live, seeing seeing that on TV and yeah. Oh, it's quite the moment, right? And then uh, unlucky Besser hits a post after that. Pat, uh, Tanner Pearson hits a post. I think it goes to like round seven. Um, New Jersey's defenseman Severson uh, ends ends the game. And he falls while he shoots. Yeah, it. he trips, but uh, he had Markstrom going down, so. Yeah. Uh, not he had so them bad. both going down. He deep both of them. <laughs> yeah, he himself out pretty too. good. Uh, so Canucks come away with one point out of that game. Uh, you know, we've we've all but written them off uh, at this point. Yeah. Um, so we started the week. We were like what four points out of the basement of the West. We were pretty close to LA. We were, we were yeah, falling we were, down, falling yeah. down, falling yeah. down. Did, yeah. Was, and we, uh, we were in the lottery. Is yeah. what we were. We were in well, the yeah. lottery. Uh, and then Canucks <clears> go on a mini road trip. They go. They're going to go play back to back in Dallas and Chicago. Uh, they go to Dallas that's and a, Tim Schaller. That's not an easy back-to-back. There's a bit of travel. It's not. There's travel. Two. Think about it. You're going from Vancouver to Dallas, yeah. and then the very next day playing in Chicago, and then coming home and playing Ottawa two nights later. Like, it's uh, it was a bit crazy there. Um, the Canucks decided that this is the time of year that they're going to play their best hockey. Uh, maybe not, but... Well, um, <laughs> but Tim Schaller played but his Tim best Schaller, his first two goals is Canuck, and over the last few games that he's he's got in, uh, you get a glimpse of what he was doing when he played in Boston. Yeah, you know the the grinder that would actually go to the net, and he, and when he was with Boston, he had pucks going in for him. You know, a lot of Boston fans, or that might have been Tim Schaller fans from last year, have been saying like wondering what's going on with Tim Schaller in Vancouver. Like this is a complete surprise for the people that have been watching him in Boston. You know, as a Canuck fan, we different, don't... Different different team, right? Yeah. Like, And I think a lot of it has to do with, sure, uh, Tim Schaller, they bring him in and they hope, okay, um, he's going to help things out in the fourth line. But you got to think, like, Boston is is a lot further ahead uh, than where Bo- than where yeah. Vancouver is, right, in, in, in terms of all their lines, their depth in all their lines. Uh, so Tim Schaller playing on a fourth line there... Um, you know he's he's just he's going to have more opportunity. I I feel he's going to have more opportunity to be offensive playing on a fourth line there when yeah. they have so much offense throughout the lineup that he's not going to have to, like. Yeah. No. No. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like it's going to so, be easier for him to to perform on a team on a fourth line on yeah. a on a good team than he will on a fourth but, line on a bad team. Right. Because of <clears throat> just playing puck possession and and starts. Exactly. Right. Like. You know, like, we, there's so many more advantages to that, right? Yeah. So, 
Um, so, yeah, it was nice to see. The thing with Schaller, though, I mean, the year before last, he had 12 and 10, 12 goals, 10 assists last year with Boston. The year before that, he had seven goals and seven assists. That's in, in how many in games? 60 games. In 60 games, yeah. So, so. He, he doesn't have, and before that, he had just a goal and two assists. And 15, 20 points out of a plug on your first line, that fourth line, sorry, that's not that horrible. You'd like... Ten goals from your fourth line. Yeah, if you get ten goals, yeah. you're. I mean, you're yeah. really happy. Yeah, I think. I right? think they were expecting a lot more out of him in Vancouver. You know, they were they were probably projecting him third line. You know, third and fourth line yeah. minimum. I don't. I don't know <laughs> if they were like. I don't. I that don't think tu- that's a tough read. They paid him like one. I, well, one point nine million. I don't know if yeah. that's. I mean, nowadays, I don't think that's huge I think three money. Three million dollars for a fourth liner is normal unless they're on an ELC. Right. Yeah, well, it seems that way, That's, right? Because they're experienced players usually. Like right? they're the, they're the guys that are in the yeah. late twenties. That like have, we're kind of backwards than most teams. Usually, yeah, most teams are top six, or they're high paid guys, and then the cheap ELC guys are on your bottom six. Right now, Vancouver has all the cheap stuff up front in the top six, and the expensive contracts are in the back. Right for the front, right? Yeah, and so, that's, yeah. that's. I mean, that's they, just the type of players that they brought in. Yeah, the, but the, they, the, the need, need they had. But you have to have some, those bigger contracts to help, especially of course with you the do. cap. There's of a course, bottom. Well, yeah. To, but let's go Dallas. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, we're getting a bit off topic, but yeah. sure. So Canucks go <laughs> into Dallas. The Tim Schaller show. Yeah. Uh, scores two goals. Canucks again. First they one got a pretty lucky bounce when he did the wraparound, stuck it in, found that little hole. Yeah. Short side. Against Kodobin, Kodobin, however you say the guy's name. Nikolai Kodobin. Um, and then his second goal, though, was uh, a great play. Besser to, to Pedersen. <coughs> and Pedersen throws it in front. And, and the one time. he's coming off the bench. Schaller yep. comes in off the bench. Yeah. Straight he, to the slot. to. And goal, goal, goalie didn't have a chance. Yeah. Right, so perfect play there. Um, again, Dallas comes back, ties the game up fairly late in that game, and you're like, "Oh, I guess here we go again." Does it really matter? No. Right, that's what you're thinking. Does it really matter? Okay, Canucks had a lead. It was good to see. Played yeah. a, played a decent game. Eh, go to overtime. They can lose. No big deal. Well, they win. Yeah, Josh Levo had shootout. a different idea. Josh Levo rips a great shot over the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, we should also mention Pedersen gets a penalty shot in that game. Oh, um, like actually, I like a, a better shot in the play, yeah. and uh, it was a bit of controversy because Kudobin does he lose control of his stick? Uh, does he throw his stick? To me, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the fact that his stick comes out of his hand and actually before he touches. Yeah, like it's one thing if you go for a right. check, you hit the skate and the stick comes out of your hand. That's that's one thing. No, right? he released the but stick. But the yes. stick was out of his hand yeah. before it touched Pedersen, and that should be where the line that's to me exactly. Right? Oh, if his stick touched no ifs ands or buts. If yeah. his stick touched Pedersen at any point, the stick or anything before it comes out of his hand, that then so just, be it. That, that's call it call it the call it the drop due to the contact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if but, it co- comes out of your hand before it touches a guy, which yeah. it, it clearly be, did. And common sense has to kick in as an official in that part. The guy, whoever's reviewing that's got to look at it and be like, yeah, it might have been a mistake, but it took away the goal. If it's, it took yeah. like it took if, like it took away a chance. He released not, his it, stick yeah. bef- and it, it interfered. It with yeah, the, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but that uh, would be an automatic goal. It should have been. The yeah. thing you have to have control of your stick. If he had hit him in the head. By dropping a stick, he still get a penalty. So, exactly. So exactly, and I, that's where I agree with you. So, anyways, Josh Levo scores that goal. Canucks come away with a three-two shootout win that night, uh, and then they're going to go straight to Chicago and play the next night. Yeah. Um, 
this was a good game. This was uh, kind of back and forth. Um, not, Chicago's not, not, high, like not high scoring, but watching Chicago in the past, watching them now, they still have that like offensive upside, but just the shambles didn't end with yeah. Yeah. still yeah. with like even if Keith and Seabrook have slowed down, mm-hmm. it's still like just horrible back there. Yeah, and uh, Gustafson brings a ton of offense yeah. for them. And he scored another goal in that game with a shot from the point. Good pickup um, in the hockey pool. Great pickup by somebody in the hockey pool. Um, but again, it was a late goal by Chicago to tie yeah. the game up, and they got Canucks got themselves in a little bit of uh, penalty trouble. Um, and there you go, it goes to overtime <clears throat> again. And this time, first shift, Horvat, Taves take the face off, and Horvat scrambles the win. Yeah. Okay. Get Cox get possession of the puck, and that's all he needed. With that one possession, Edler comes over the line, makes a nice move around Taves again. Who does a little? You know, he did a give and go. A little stick swing. It was a that's give before and go. that. That's after he gets around around Taves into the zone. Yeah. And once he gets in the zone, Edler to Horvat, Horvat right back to Edler, and Edler. I don't know if he fans on it or passes it, it back, but it, it went it, off the it defenseman. Bounces yeah. back to Horvat, who just flicks at the net. It's in the net. Sixteen seconds in, Cox. We'll How do you do? We'll take Well, it. now what? Canucks got four points and on this, <laughs> on this road first. trip. And now you're like, wait a minute. We're here talking about hey. we're talking about Hughes and Kako and draft position and yeah. the lottery and all this stuff. And, and now all of a sudden you're six points out of playoff spot with the worst team in town coming in. Yeah. The worst team in the league coming into town in Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> chance to go... Four points out. Yeah. Especially with how some of those teams ahead of them are playing. So you know, so up pass, and down, really. So in right? those two games, we passed Edmonton in the standing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by three points, actually, yeah. if you think about that. So the, those last three games, uh, New Jersey, Dallas, Chicago, we took five out of six points. Yeah. So now okay. we're... we're now, now Ottawa comes to town, and uh, it can actually get up to a 5 nothing lead. Okay. 5 nothing. So... The best part about this, 5 nothing lead, I'm having a, a chat through Facebook Messenger with my father-in-law, and he's like, wouldn't it be nice if the Canucks could face more teams like Ottawa this year? Is what he said. And they probably, the minute that message came, like within a minute of that first message, they score. <laughs> yeah. And they score. And they score. And they so score. You're saying your so it was, your father jinxed it. And right? they he's score. Got, he well, has, I'll tell you, he's got a knack. I can tell you a story about the cigarette in the national game in the 2011 playoffs. Like, oh can, yeah. Can I quickly tell that sure, story? Yeah. So 2011 playoff game, Canucks Nashville, the overtime game here. They had uh, season tickets, so he took me. So we're at the game, and father-in-law's a smoker, likes his cigarettes, and we're watching the game, and we're in overtime, and he goes, oh. I could really use a smoke. Ten seconds, Nashville scores. <laughs> he just has a knack for saying just some random just like thing that yesterday, too. just saying, "Oh, more teams wish they could be like Ottawa." And, and I Ottawa knew the minute that came in, I was like, "Oh crap!" Right? Here we go. Yeah. So Ottawa gets within one. Seven. Four, four. It was eleven minutes left in the third when Ottawa first started scoring. Yeah. And they scored with just over a minute left yesterday to uh, to get it 
Was it just over a minute yesterday? Let me double check. That. To get to get a five four, I think it was five uh, four was one fifty nine. Two minutes left. Eight, two minutes. Yeah, eighteen oh one. Yeah. Duclair scores to make it five four. Yeah, five four, and then Horvat um, scores at eighteen fifty three. Yeah, for a second, and then uh, and then the empty net. Empty netter by Mister Big Knight. Mister Big Knight, yeah. Right. It, I mean, if 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 it wasn't, I could you imagine how many points you could get if you didn't focus on all the little things. <laughs> if he wasn't so responsible, yes, in his own end, in his own end, I mean, he's he, a two hundred foot player. He would have probably he, broken Sittler's record, maybe, right? Hey, eleven <laughs> points in a game, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so who we're talking about? Uh, Louis Erickson Ooh. with a big four point night. Canucks end up winning that game seven <laughs> four. Um, but that line, so so Horvat, Tanner Pearson, and Louis Erickson have been put together for the last couple games. Yes. And even in Chicago, they looked well. That was so. Eric's, Erickson was benched for the New Jersey game. Is that right? I believe so. And then he yeah, came back, came on back the road in, Dallas. in Dallas. Yeah. Um. And Goldobin's been out since. So yes. Goldobin played that game. They blame Goldobin. It's funny. They blame Goldobin for uh, one of the the goal that New Jersey scores to tie the game up. Yeah. And I don't know how this is Goldobin's fault, unless there's something I'm missing as far as how. Uh, Green wants his forwards to 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 drop, or how but but it's it shouldn't have been Goldobin's man. Unless he's facing the wrong way or something stupid. That well, Goldo- yeah. Goldobin as a winger, he's got to have the point man, right? Like mm-hmm. that's common sense. That's who his guy would be. The guy that scores is not the point man. The guy. So unless Green has like two two of the defenders, might even have been three, go to the corner and leave a guy wide open in front of the net, and yeah, Goldobin doesn't drop far enough to get there but why why are so many players leaving the front of the net to go to the corner yeah so i don't i don't understand if it's uh if it's the way uh, green is coaching where he's like no as soon as the defenders are drawn out that that winger's responsible has to drop sure he does have to drop but i don't understand what i don't understand is how goldobin's wearing it for the the defenders leaving there's got to be something that that they're trying to coach that we can't see. Has to be right, right? because, it, and it could be even that he's doing things similar that other one, other people. But maybe when Green's talking to him, there's not the right reaction from Goldobin. Right? Sure, it could. There's be, some sort of disconnect. Maybe there's there. a work ethic issue off the rink. Yeah. That, that's an issue that yeah. that is just because well, I'm, watching, I'm watching. I'm watching the games and I see a ton of a ton yeah. of guys making mistakes. Yeah. I mean, you notice uh, Pouliot hasn't played for a while. Yeah. Um, and our defense looks good. What we. We've got four guys that started the season in, Ut- in Utica or in the minors. Yeah. Well, obviously, Shen didn't start with us, but yeah, four guys. Biega, uh, who started the season do, in Utica. Do, do you wonder what kind of is there like a secondary control from? Because we we do have inkling that the ownership here meddles a bit, and maybe he's like the contracts there. You have to play him, or on who. Like oh, a guy like Pouliot. I mean, he's... But he's sat out is what yeah. I'm saying. Like, Not he's, now, but it, yeah, why now. did it take this, like... Well, what, I, what I'm, I don't my think... My take from what you're saying about the Utica guys is, like, why did it take them so long... To bring them up? To, to, I don't to, think that has anything to do with ownership. I think Travis Green legitimately likes things that Pouliot does. Yeah. And I think that he can live with the mistakes that Pouliot makes... As long as Because he, he can, knows him... Yeah. From, like, from the history... From junior and whatnot. Yeah. And I think that he's like, ah, oh, yeah, but I know what he can bring for me. Ah, yeah. yeah, but I know what he can bring. And, and he was making mistakes night in, night out. Like, 
and I'm not trying to pick on the guy because I actually like some of what Pouliot brings. I don't think I don't like him enough to have him back next year. Yeah. But I don't think he's absolutely he's, terrible. He makes mistakes every night like other players, but his always seem to cost us. Yeah. Always he, seem to cost us. He's having like Ben Hutton's year from last year. Yes. And when you could you know like if you watch Pouliot, you know like kind of what they would expect. But right. my thought is like what took so long for Green so, to to finally realize it, did it? Was it that they finally decided, okay, let's bring Sautner in, and you can see, okay, well, Sautner's playing a pretty solid game. Plays like, a simple game. Like you don't really notice him, and that's what you want out of that defenseman. You don't want to. You want so to hear he's not going to bring you that breakout pass yeah. like like Pulat will from yeah. time to time, but he just plays such a simple game. I've liked what he brought. Uh, Brisbois, I've away. really liked. For a guy that's... He, and he makes a couple mistakes here and there. You see him turn the wrong way when he's he got the puck. 21, 22? Yeah, he was the draft that we traded Eddie Lack to get. Yeah. Right? Like Canucks specifically traded Eddie Lack, and they were okay with getting a third rounder because they knew yeah. that Brisbois was the guy they wanted. Yeah. So, okay. I think part of it, too, is he knew what he lacked up front, and so he wanted to have a more veteran core on the back end. He didn't want to bring in. He knew he was bringing guys in pretty young on the forward positions. You got a couple. You got Beagle right. and Schaller and stuff like that. But they're not scoring any goals. So he's got young guys up front. So he figures he needs a more experienced back end. So that's why he had guys with NHL experience had, and he kept it, them there. Yeah. And then Tanev gets hurt. And then Edler gets hurt. And, and then Tanev gets hurt. And then Hutton gets hurt. And now he's got no choice. And then it's like, yeah. hey. Well, we might as well give some of these young, yeah. some of these guys in He's got no choice. Other than Luke Shen, who's obviously not young. Yeah. You know, but he's a guy that's played in the minors. He's also got a ton of NHL experience. Uh, okay, well, he's been playing in the minors with with uh, Ashton Sautner. They've been playing very well together. Eh, makes sense. Let's put them out together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they look fine. There's the odd time I look at Luke Shen and I think, I like that he'll stick up for his teammates. He's he's playing. He uh, he's his, pl- trying to play a big role, right? Has, like a like when big man. Bigger up, role. When yeah. he steps on a gu- up on a guy, his timing is pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Like he picks he, his spots well. He doesn't yes. really. His his weakness is obviously his foot speed. But he plays and it that's, well. But he, uh, I've like, seen I mean, a couple times where he's yes, been he absolutely does, blown by. But yeah, but, I mean, but kind of you're like right. The guy like, he replaced. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I didn't think he was that I, bad. I don't think Eric um, Good, Branson. Good Branson was not slow. Like he was a big guy that didn't turn the greatest, but he wasn't yeah. slow. You remember when right? people used to? Harp, I didn't mind. You him. know when people used to harp on Bertuzzi here because they didn't think he was moving. Yeah. And he keep up with Morrison, and that's no problem. It's because he's bigger. He doesn't need to make these all this movement to get to that speed because he's got the power and the strength to do it with smaller movement. So it, when you watch them, they look like these slow meandering lugs, but they're actually keeping up to people. Yeah. And so um, anyway, so we, we kind of got off a little bit there talking about the defense, but um, anyways, Breezeball I think look, yeah. looks really good. Um, so we we're gonna just stay yeah. On I was topic. just trying to trying to move on from it, right? Um, but going back to that line, Stetcher. Louis Erickson, Stetcher, yeah, huge thumbs so, up for Stetcher. This so last hundred percent, hundred percent, and I and I've been hard on uh, for a guy that uh, got pushed Stetcher. off the puck so yeah. much in the last dozen games. Not anymore. No, he's found his little wedge to keep whatever it is. It's his yeah. positioning, the timing of getting in front of guys. Yeah, um, like he looks like I was a. I like Stetcher for his offense. I always thought he was way too weak to play in his own end. And 
he's starting to change my mind. Yeah. The more I'm well, watching he also, him. He also went from 16 minutes a game to 30 minutes a game. Now overnight. he's playing with, play, right. and playing with, uh, well. He played with Hutton a lot. He yeah. did. And now he was out there with um, with Edler a little bit. Yeah. But now he's the one that's playing with Breezeball. Right? And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in killing penalties, I think he looks good killing penalties. I never would have thought that before. Because I just, I always thought, well, you know, he's too weak. And he was. He's always he was kind getting, of that small he guy. Was getting, that... He was getting pushed off the puck so easily. Like, guys would go around and they just straight on him and he'd go down. And he's not doing that now. Yeah. So, you're right, Kev. That's right. Give good props to, to Stetcher. Stetcher is... uh, 100%, I agree. Um, Louis Erickson, Pearson, Horvat, been awesome. Yes. Right? Um, a, you know, like, they've been talking all year about getting a winger for Horvat and here he was on the fourth line all year yeah yeah <laughs> they, you know what they uh, well somebody had to play with yeah you know they, they um I mean Sutter. say all you want Erickson's a smart hockey player yeah um yeah he hasn't put up points like like uh like we'd like for six million bucks um <laughs> he's been snake bitten since his very first shift yeah well yeah when he scored in his own net right the, like it was just if you, you remember what we were talking about, Calgary Flames, Lou Erickson's first game in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. gets, Looks like uh, first period. Drops, was... drops a puck back, but uh, Calgary is on a delayed penalty, so. Um, Goes in the net. There you go. Uh, so, uh, so, there we go. Okay, so as of the win against Ottawa, Canucks are now four points out of a playoff spot. Still. A bunch of teams around there, but eight games left. And we're still four points. Four with. points out. It's Colorado Avalanche that are holding that that final uh, wild card spot. They're okay. tied in points with Arizona, but Colorado has the well, Arizona lost tonight. So yes, yes, and so Colorado won. So this is this is where we're at. So Colorado's now sitting in the wild card spot. Now sitting in the the eighth seed, tied in points. Like I said, tied in points with Arizona. Uh, one point behind those guys is Minnesota, and then it goes uh, Chicago, Chicago and Vancouver sitting at, at seventy four, and Edmonton's at seventy three because they won tonight. Yeah. Right. So and then Chicago's got the game in hand on all yeah. of them. So we'll see what happens there. Chicago lost tonight. Ah, you uh, like, but so <laughs> this brings me to my point of uh, the fans, the fans that are on. Uh, this whole team tank thing, like like we've been on for the last few years. What's what's the chance for the team, the percentage for the last place team in the NHL to win the lottery? How 20, much percent do they yeah, have to win? I think it's like twenty like percent. Not even. It's like eighteen point seven or something. It's something 20, like that. So you're trying to gamble the season on a one in five chance. Yeah. <clears throat> Basically. Right. The only, well, thing I mean, I, so the only thing I could argue with that is that you would have to argue that you don't want to drop any further would be the only legitimate right. argument there. Because yeah. if you end up fifth, you can't go worse than eighth. Right. Right? You can't drop more than three spots. I think it's two spots. Is it two spots? Yeah. Or two spots. I think it's two spots. Regardless. So, um, That's, so, so here's the thing. Team Tank fans, I got news for you. You're not fans. You're not. Players do not play this game to lose. Yeah. Okay? We are here as fans to support the players. Yeah. The the whole hey, we need to we need to get the, I, the I, best draft I, spot I possible. Get, I get the want for that. Okay. 
But here's, here's the perfect example. Elias Pettersson taken fifth overall. Fifth overall. If Canucks that year had done what the fans wanted and got first or second pick and didn't take either Patrick or Heischer, yeah, this place would have gone crazy. It went Would crazy. have gone crazy. It went they went crazy, went crazy when anyhow. we took Pedersen at fifth. Imagine yeah. if they had taken Pedersen at first or second. The, the town would have gone nuts. They would, the fire bendings would have happened before anyone even had a chance to see Pedersen play. VPD would be getting a whole new bunch of squad cars. Yeah. Okay. So here's, so <laughs> it would here's have my been thing. almost as bad as taking Ole Ulevi instead of Matt Kachuk. Instead of Matt Kachuk. <laughs> but that still Here, has to play out. And there's a the thing. Everyone says defenders take longer to, to, to mature into hockey players. Petr, um, Ulevi's 21 years old. I have no problems this, with that pick, even to this day. This, knowing what Matthew Kinchuk has done in Calgary, I'm still okay with Canucks taking Ulevi because we haven't seen him yet. That's the only Everything, downside. That's the only downside to the thing is that he spent too much time with Sammy Sallow and is might be injury prone. Now. May, well, yeah. we'll see. But he was not. <laughs> defenders are not expected to be in the league right away. Yeah. So. I don't care what Matthew Kachuk's done. I would have been okay if Canucks had taken Matthew Kachuk because I remember sitting this, on my couch that day going, Matthew Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, oh, Matthew Kachuk. Oh, who? From from London Knights. I'm like, yes, Matthew Kachuk. Oh, Oli Ulevi. Okay, so they went with the defenseman. This market has a weird thing with defensemen because today I listened, was it today or yesterday? I was listening to a touch of the, a bit on the radio and they were talking about like Ben Hutton and the possibility of trading him. And they're all talking about how trade them for a forward. It's like, oh, so like to revamp the defense, we're going to take one of our better you know, young defensemen, five, <laughs> three to five defensemen on this team, and trade them for a forward without having a replacement. Yeah. Like, who in the free agent market are we going to sign to replace that? Mm-hmm. And then what are we going to complain that we had to pay five and a half million dollars or six million dollars to replace that? Like, yeah, there's not a lot of common sense here, no. right? And I mean, like, so so going back to the team tank, okay? So Canucks get Pedersen. That's my first example. Fifth yeah. play, fifth overall, okay? Uh, we get Hughes. We haven't seen Hughes we yet. And I'm kind of jumping the gun a bit by mentioning Hughes, but we get Hughes at seventh. Um, we'll see where that turns out. But so, okay, Brock Besser, yeah, 23rd overall. <clears throat> okay, I know that you know, we were in the playoffs that year that we drafted him, so it's not. It's not, there wasn't a question about team tank. My point in this one is the spot where we got him and the contribution he's making to this team. Okay, twenty third overall, Bo Horvat again is before Benning's time, but he's a ninth overall pick. He's not a t- he's not a top pick. Those four guys that I've mentioned, this town has gone crazy for those four guys. Well, the, they're cornerstone players. That's why. not one of them. Is a top three pick? No. You talking that the the Mets in the last two years? Well, since well, uh, I mean, I mentioned I mentioned Horvat in there. I mean, Ulevi, sure, he was taken at sixth or fifth. But you just fifth. look in the last two years, the players that we've drafted, right? Because we made that big sure. revamp, revamp in uh, you know 2016. We drafted Ulevi after that draft. Management wasn't too happy with the scouting staff. So for the first time in 20 years, the Canucks revamped the scouting staff. So we've had two drafts picked since. That's, you know, Pedersen, Lynn, Gadjevic, DiPietro, Rathbone. Those are our first five picks from 2017. Mm -hmm. I think every Canuck fan knows those names. Mm -hmm. 
right, which is something to say. And then you go to last year, and at least the top three you would know with Hughes, Jet Wu, Tyler Madden. And then the fourth pick would be uh, Tony Uten and from yep, Finland. The and Finland guy that scores a goal. But yeah. to, to say, well, even in 2017, in the sixth round, we picked uh, someone that made some headlines earlier in the year with Petrus Palmu. Right, so you look at all these, all these, yep. these uh, prospects that, you know, as moderate fans will know these players just from them talking about them on, even on the radio. Right, like we've had radio talk shows for almost twenty years in Vancouver. We never talked about what happened in the Manitoba Moose in two thousand five, right. two thousand six. You barely heard about Alex Burroughs mm-hmm. there. Nope. Right? So, they talked a but bit we've about heard Kessler. a lot about Jet Wu. We've heard a lot about Jet Wu, who just signed. By the way, yes. we're going to no. mention that. So that, that he'll be so, he'll be so in New York next year. So for, uh, I don't I don't know if he will because I think he's underage to go to Utica. Oh, is he? I think he has to play. He's one of those guys that has to play either for the Canucks or back in junior. Next so, year. So yeah. So yeah. what you might okay. see, and he's still eligible to play for Canada, which is good. He could come in next um, year. Play he nine, might play those nine games nine and then games. and then get sent down. Who knows. Um, he, he might be good enough to stick. You, who knows what's going to happen with our defense over the over the yeah. summer, right? Um, well, who knows what happens in the next seven games or eight games left? Sure, right, right. This is, there, there's a lot of question marks. Well, around he there. still he's still a few games away because he hasn't even skated did yet. They, he's still got the boot on. Because I was, did, they did the MRI today. They were nothing? supposed to do one today, but the, there was no report on it. So, yeah. so we, they did the know. MRI. Get the info tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, he does have. A, they do have a stall set up with his gear. Yeah, but he he hasn't skated for twelve days now. Yeah, he hasn't been on ice for twelve days. But so he's he's not going to do yeah, one he's not practice. Play, yeah, yeah, no, he's not well, going to do one practice and play his, a game. He's got, his, he's got to get three, four practices. Skill set that he what's what does Quinton Quinn Hughes bring to the table? It's his skating. skating and passing. So what yeah, and that movement. foot has to be pretty darn close to one hundred percent before they bring well, him in. Well, <laughs> he's not he's not very big, and they don't they don't want to bring him in. Even if it's a slight injury, a yeah. slight nagging injury, you don't want to bring him in in front of the fans and he's not 100%. Yeah. Because if he's not at 100% and he can't, like yeah. like you said, his biggest he's asset is, is, is skating. Yeah. He's getting benefit being around the team. You know, of course. Whoever's keeping him up right now, yeah. like if he's staying with Adler yeah. or... Do we have, sure. I'm just trying to think of an yeah. American uh, yeah. vet that we have on the team that I can't, probably don't have that I can't think of that he may stay with. But yeah. Yeah, don't know. Right, just that sort of stuff to get out of the college life to yeah, learn what it's sure. like to be so, a pro, and maybe he's going to learn what even if he doesn't even play it, he might play one game this year, right? Yeah, I think he'll get in a few. Yeah. I think he will because I think one game they I don't want, think they is going to play to, some. There's yeah, still yeah. a couple of weeks, few weeks left in the season. Yeah. Right? yeah, I could see him, you know, getting into three, four games, whatever. Yeah, it'd be nice if he gets in during this homestand. They got seven yeah. games at home here, yeah. six more. Yeah. You, the last yeah. two are on the road, right? So you his optimum was you, you less, see him play nine games or less anyhow. To, yeah, they're right. going to exactly. do something that most Canuck fans can't handle, and that is be patient. Yeah. People can't. well clearly, and that and, and that gets to the other point, the fire betting stuff, yeah. right? So going back to the drafts, here's the thing. Okay, a lot of people like to point out Benning's been terrible when it comes to uh, free agent signings. I don't necessarily disagree. I think um, he's okay. We've beat. Erickson with a what, what year was Erickson? This is his third year, right? So he was brought in while the Sedins were still at two years right? left. Signed twenty fifteen. So yes, Erickson was it okay. At the time it was the going rate. 
Is he overpaid now? Sure, he's overpaid. He's still a good hockey player. Whatever. The money doesn't matter. Let's move on from that. Okay? Last season. Last or even if you want to go to the season before when they bring in Vanek, they bring in Gagne, they bring in these veteran guys that you're kind of like, okay, well, we don't we don't need these veteran guys. We want to see the young guys play. Okay, whatever. Vanek has a great year that year. We end up trading him at the at the deadline. Uh Gagne was whatever. Bit of a wash. I mean, a bit of a wash. He wasn't wasn't good, wasn't bad. Um I think they brought in one other player that year as well. Burmistroff, I think, was the other guy who who ended up flunk, flunking back out to, after a month or so. Went back to Mexico or Moscow or something. Wherever it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there was three signings that year that we probably didn't need. Last summer, uh, they brought in three guys that play a very similar role. Schaller, uh, Anton Roussel, and Jay Beagle. They didn't need to bring in three. We yep. all know that. Okay, so... It was one too many. It was one too many, and we talked about that at the time. Okay, is that enough reason to fire Benning when it comes to looking at the draft? And when I say looking at the drafts that he's done, I'm not just talking about the first-round picks. Adam Gaudet was a fifth-round pick. He is... Could be a number one center. In in a couple years? Maybe. He's got that potential that he could play up and down a lineup. Like, the way he, he's just getting better and better every game. What was he, a fifth-rounder? Fifth-round pick. Okay, what what I'm more impressed with, more so than anything, is the amount of draft picks that are being signed. And, and that comes down to Cole Lind, Gadjevich, DiPietro signed, Jet <clears throat> Wu is now signed, they got Ulevi signed, they had Palmu signed, if you want to go back, they had Trampkin signed, who was a third third-round pick, if you, if you even want to go back to further, they had uh, Gustav Forsling, who's a Benning, Benning pick, who's yeah. now playing in Chicago, playing in the NHL. They traded um, him to try to get a couple years in, uh, in Clendenning. Right. And it, it backfired. Yeah. It backfired. So that was a, to me, that was a bad trade. Yeah. Right? Yes, there was bad trades. I think the Granlin trade was a great trade. I think the Berchi trade was a great trade. Yeah. Well, we could have back-to-back Kobe Baker winners, you know? Yeah. Because so, Quinn Hughes is up for it this year. So, so there's another one. Okay. Besser, Quint, Besser would have been up for it if he didn't get hurt. You want to talk about the 2016 free agent UFA signing class and how actual horrible it was for everybody that signed that year? Hang on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lucas Jessick, another draft pick signed. Okay. The amount of draft picks that Benning has has, has picked have signed. Like this is that's that's huge for a team yeah. when it when it comes to to look at their stockpile. Yes. Yeah. Right, like so. To me, I don't understand how fans. The fans are like, "Oh, trade, fire, <clears throat> bending, fire, 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 fire." Why? Do you think the fans? But is is he a GM or is he a good scout? It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it doesn't it's, matter. He's got control of the team. Yeah. Whether he's a good scout or not, I don't. I, think, I, I, don't, I don't mind I don't having really my GM be a good scout. Or the signings and that fall on one man anymore. Well, they do, in a sense. The, he has I, to wear it. Yes, and he has final say, but he has an assistant GM now. They have, you know, huge scouting staffs now. Sure, they've got right. they've got pro scouting staffs that okay. scout the other teams in the league, and, and they've got amateur scouting staff that are, are there to, to go after the draft picks. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Grudy. Yeah. Yeah? That's where Patterson came from. Patterson was... All about, was, or uh, sorry, Green was all Green about was Pedersen adamant, the whole time. Adamant yep. that we pick him. Yep. You know, 
He was like, he was, you got to get this. Yeah. And apparently there was, there was some talk at one point that uh, Canucks were kind of leaning and it might've been the Cody glass might've been leaning that way. And he said, Nope, I'm telling you guys, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy I'm sticking to it. This is a guy. If it's, if it comes down to my word, I'm telling you, this is the guy. I think Benny must've saw enough where he's like, yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, anyways, Yes, there's been a few bad signings. Yes, there's been some trades that have backfired. Some players let go. Some like players Dan, let go. Dan Hamhuse, right? They yeah. Walked in 2016, yeah. but he had a no-movement clause. They had a deal with Chicago earlier in the year. He nixed it because he didn't want to go to Chicago. Trade deadline comes up. He wants to go. said, okay, maybe Dallas. Dallas wants us to eat some salary. We know how the Dallas owner and the Canucks owner get along so well. They're... Really good friends. Hmm. <laughs> so the owner probably nicks that, said, yeah. screw him, I'm not taking any of his money. So, yeah. And where does he go and sign as a free agent that year? Dallas. 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 But see, that one was funny anyways, because I remember yeah. uh, Dallas ended up taking Russell instead of instead yeah. of Hamus that year. And I said, I said at the time, I go, Dallas made a huge mistake. Russell's not going to stick there next year. Yeah. Sure enough, he didn't, right? So they gave up whatever for Russell and then ended up signing... Ham Hughes for two and then, years for seven. And exactly. So whatever it was, obviously Canucks weren't getting what they wanted in return. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. They didn't trade. Um, so many uh, other parts that, play. that year. There's so many other parts at play. It's not like, like on NHL 19 when the con- the trade comes up and you can accept or decline. Right. It's not that simple. They go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Sure. But the at some point, Benning's sitting there going, no, I'm not getting what I want from you guys. And I'm not just handing you this player that might help you win a Stanley Cup. I'm yeah. sorry. If you want him, you're going to pay for him. Yeah. Okay, well, we're not going to pay. Well, we're not giving him to you. Yeah. That's It is what it is. Yeah. So the next year, he feels pressured. And what did we trade Vanek for? Yeah. It wasn't high. It was like a fourth-round pick. Third, I think. I think we got a third-round pick. For yeah, because... The problem is, is our owner spends too much time on social media, and that influences him a little bit too much. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I I just I still can't see how how fans are like firebending when not not this year, not this no. year. Yeah, I mean, if we tank job next year and are healthy and play like crap, sure, we've had a horrible. But what's horrible our team expected to to be okay? We, just we better. were not expected to be even in a playoff last, race this year. Last okay? year, when the season ended and we retired those two players, yeah. there was where are we going to get those 100 points from? Well, we got them. Well, we're close. No, we're over. No, it's well, close. We were, Pedersen and Besser no, no, are 110. We were, well, Besser was already here. <laughs> but the goal scoring. The, the, new, the new goal scores. I know scores. it was 12 games left in the season. We needed 30 goals to match last year's goal total. Okay, well, after, after Ottawa, I think we... Close the Halfway gap a there. little bit, right? Yeah, we've had we've closed it up, right? Like we should score at least a last year's pace with players that we had no idea we're going to do it, right? We did we didn't uh, there was you know like Besser they figured thirty, you know Horvat they were giving him twenty goals he's going to he's at twenty five or twenty six now right yeah. so yeah. he might hit thirty. We should. He if might. He's going, right? Eight, well, eight games right. left. Might maybe I mean, get three, maybe not, I mean, right? With how many goals does Erickson have? He still could get 25. He's got 10 or 11 now? Yeah, 25's in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> big couple big couple games. Yeah. For, Real big um, games. If it's not for back, if he doesn't get back-to-back four-point nights, I think ditch him, bench him yeah. the rest of the season. But there's Vertanen, yeah. you know, up to 14 goals. It's still, yeah. you know, better than last year. He's still improving yeah. each year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, so going back to that, my, so my point was, if 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 around here Canucks were not, oh yeah. wow, in our Facebook question, we're yeah. gonna take up a long time. Yeah. Huh? Uh, so let's just go through that. You did the thing. We could skip that part if you. Yeah. Want. So. Where was I there talking about the uh, yeah if okay if Canucks weren't expected to be where they are this year yeah like we're ahead of where we are okay? I think so where we're expected I think it's, to be I, we expected the team yeah. to be worse because we were losing the maybe exactly. the, arguably the two best players to play for the franchise right so if we ex- if if everyone came into this thing expecting the Canucks to be near the bottom or if not the worst team in the league we were expecting that yeah. Why are we holding Benning to to a higher caliber than that? If that's what we were expecting, uh, uh, if anything, we'd be like, "Wow, this team's actually been put together." Zero patience. This team's been put together where they're actually playing to. And I think a, a lot where they could have. You know, I think a, a couple of games these, along the way that they lost. A lot of these fans that are calling this aren't very old, and came. They might remember the West Coast Express. But they don't remember what the 90s were like. They don't remember no. the 80s. Right? Yep. Right? I mean, like, if you're going to use hindsight, let's just flash back to, to the Mark Messier era. Right? When everybody, how horrible that was. Well, if it wasn't that horrible, we wouldn't have, we're not retiring 22 and 33. Exactly. There's no way yeah. we draft those guys <laughs> second yeah. and third after that era. Yeah. You know, if he was that wasn't that horrible. A big part of it too, and I don't care what anybody says. A big part of it is the multi, multi, multi media coverage that you have on the Canucks in this town. Well, every, I mean, got to remember, 20 years ago there was Sports Page, which was on for half an hour each night, and yeah. that was yep. it. Yeah. Now you've got. And Don Taylor came and did a few spots on the radio here and there. 24 hour yeah. radio stations. And from those two 24 hour radio stations that are 90% Canucks. Yeah. And that's what they are. They're 90% Canucks. Then half those guys have their own podcast. Yes. Or they have this or they have that. And, and they're always they're guests to, on each other's trying shows. Trying to find something new to talk about. Yeah. And it and it's it's creates you yeah. take even a minute subject. Yeah. And it gets dissected to death on those two radio stations. Yep. And it's, look at us. What are we doing right now? We're doing a podcast talking about yep. Benning getting fired. But we're, we're nobody. Because it's, and we're nobodies. We don't care. Like but the we 20 have. People, the 20, 25 people that are going to listen. We have a huge listenership of at least 30 people. Yes. So. But and we influence them. But we, we will straight up admit that we're just a couple of idiots that do this. And we're of course. Just, Babbling just because we like to sit around and babble, and we decided to record it. And, and put Dave it up offered there. me a free drink. And yes. there we go. But yeah, and we're we saving po- this yeah. so the kids can listen to it. One we, day. That's we, point, we point out, uh, <laughs> I think we bring up some good points about how bad our fans are. But it's been like this for bad our media is. I remember when I was in high school, yeah. like late 80s, and I'd wear my Canuck jersey to school, I'd get ridiculed at school for wearing a Canuck jersey. Mm-hmm. People would be like, why would you wear that? That to your team sucks. Like, well, this yeah. was, you know, right when Linden's rookie year, that whole thing, everybody, and then sure. all of a sudden, Pavel Burry come in and everything. See, I'm know. old enough to remember listening to the Canucks' first season on the radio. Yeah. CKNW, you know? Yeah. Was Brooke Ward still there? <laughs> yes, he was, actually. <laughs> so now, and the joy of that, he's uh, taken Jim Robson's words to heart, and he's a pensioner. The blind. <laughs> Many fans that can't get out to can't games. Can't get out to the games anymore. <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, 
we're kind of we're, 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 e- we're eating up the time. clock uh, tonight because I, I knew there'd be a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, plus, with our Facebook questions, I'm, they're going to take I'm, up some time I'm, here. So I'm surprisingly chatty for someone that just drove. Yeah. To the Okanagan and back in one day. So yeah. So let's uh, let's take this chance uh, here from our sponsors, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. We're home. <laughs> You couldn't wait till we got out of the car? Your hockey equipment reeks bad enough, and with the dog and dad's gym stuff in the back? Oh, Emily, where's my power? Life stinks, Power destroys. A safe alternative to odor control. Power, nature's odor neutralizer, at Save On Foods, Canadian Tire, Home Hardware, and local pet and sports stores. All right, welcome back. Uh, thanks to Pow Air for their uh, contribution to the show. Uh, for more information on Pow Air, reach them at powair.com. Uh, and our special guest has a uh, special message for you right now. Well, if you're uh, looking for a new car and you're in the market for perhaps a pretty hot-looking new SUV, give MitchTheCarGuy.ca Give them a look on the web or Mitch the Car Guy on Facebook as well. I've got all kinds of specials on there. And uh, I've got a seat at uh, Langley Toyota. And we've got all kinds of uh, great vehicles for you to choose from. Some Highlanders, Tacomas, Tundras. Some great deals for you as well. Give me a call. Perfect. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, We we said we'd get uh, a commercial from you at one point. Uh, We did better. We brought you in. Yeah. And uh, and you give it to us live. Um, thanks for that. And again, the, go see Mitch at uh, Langley Toyota. Uh, let him know that Letter Rippin sent you, and uh, he might get you a coffee. <laughs> Maybe bring your own cream yeah. and cup. <laughs> All right. So um, we're gonna go to our Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Got uh, some interaction. What do you got for us this week? Okay. First one is from Lindsay Peterson. She says, our question this week is the Vancouver Canucks announced that they are waiting until the offseason to negotiate the Alex Edler contract. Do you guys think that's a great move? He has stated he wants to end his career in a Canuck uniform. We think he deserves more merit. Well, I, uh, I agree. I think, you know, I like the idea of a player spending his whole career with one team. It doesn't happen too often. Um, why are they waiting to the end of the year? Well, why not? I well, mean, I think they've had talks. Yeah. You know, and it's a pretty friendly discussion that uh, Benning's having with yeah. his group. Edler doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay here. He's got zero interest in playing for anybody else. We're going to get a hometown discount. He's playing some of his best hockey ever. Yeah. Uh, why push it? I, you know, go on his his terms are wait till the end of the season. If he's asking for a no movement clause, what do you think? How much does so, so I think I think limited, this is what the limited, this is what the sticking no point movement. is, right? Is the, is a no movement clause. Yeah. So for me, I'm I am a absolutely huge Alex Edler fan. Okay. Always been. Even always been. I, even when I was slagging him a couple of years ago. I've always yeah. been a huge Alex Edler fan. Go look at my closet. I got two jerseys yeah. that say Alex Edler on them. Um, I like what this guy brings. I agree with Lindsay in the fact that I deserve, I, I think he deserves more merit. Um, 
but I'm okay with Canucks waiting till the end of the season to sign him. And I think a lot of it comes down to uh, the protection stuff. Edler wants three years. Canucks, if they give him three years, they're going to have to protect him when it comes to the expansion draft for yeah. Seattle. Why not? And, and maybe it can't happen. Maybe it can't happen. I know Edler's going to want the security in it. Two years. But why not sign him for the two years and say, look, our, our whole intention is to give you the two years. That way, at the end of that third year, you're a free agent. We don't have to protect you, but we have all intentions of bringing you back, as long as his play doesn't slip, well, right? You're, you're free to do what you want, and if you want to re-sign here, we'll get there when we get there. Right. So, and that's my only reason for for, yeah. for saying that that's how we should how we should approach it. I, I would love to see... I mean, Edler's, he's 33, right? By that, by that time, he'd be 35. Um... I'd hate to see us wasting a protection spot on him. Yeah. And like I said, a, hu- a huge Alex Edler fan. But give him two years. Say, look, here's the deal. We'll go two years, no movement clause, five million a year. Or limited, yeah. lim- limited movement clause, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, if you give him the no movement clause, he's going to sign for way less. Yeah. And he's still our best defenseman. And he's proven that, especially as of late. Yeah. Um. So yes, he does deserve better. Give him two. Give him two years, uh, with a, a gentleman's agreement that a third a third year is there. The problem that you've got there is uh, Will Benning still be here in th- in three years yeah. is, is what you'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So you, you, it's a kind of a chance on both ends, but uh, you know what? If Edler plays the way he's been playing this year for the next two years, they they'd be stupid not to sign him. So you kind of leave it in the players' hands, but. I mean, um, the guy I'd be more worried about is Tanov because he's just he's breaking down. He's got one year left. Um, he's just he's just breaking down. He's just he's too much. He he gives too much to the team. Is what it comes down to. He he puts himself out there to block every shot. He's a type of player coaches love. Um, he's he probably the type so of much. player that managers are like, wait a minute, like we don't want you getting hurt all the time. Um, anyways, Lindsay, I hope that was a good question. Uh, thanks for that. Yes. And uh, what do we got next? Next is from John. He's, uh, do you guys think Connor McDavid is stuck in a funk and is going to go down with this burning downward spiral Edmonton team? And he isn't getting any younger. So do you think he should ask to be traded to a team where he can actually win a cup? No. I mean, Connor McDavid okay, has got... Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Leon Dreisettle there, and he's got another, you know, Ryan Nugent I, Hopkins. They've got three great centers. What they don't have is three great wingers to complement those centers. And once they get a couple of wingers to play with these guys, they're going to be fine. But there's something... I don't... I can't pick it up other than my eye just tells me there's something off about McDavid. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not McDavid. It's, it was their, it was their former GM. His, it's his, something about his play. <clears throat> like, he's, like, probably the fastest guy with the fastest hands that we've maybe ever seen in the league, mm-hmm. what he can do. But there's, he skates, I mean, he gets a ton of assists, but he just kind of, half the time he kind of skates into traffic and turns the puck over. I'm like, I don't watch him enough to know. It's just there's little things I watch of him that aren't that um, dynamic to create a winner. Because unless he's got Drysaddle on the ice with him yeah, 24-7, but, but then Dreis- he's got he's got nobody to play Dreisaitl with. Drysaddle skated through the neutral zone yesterday, turns the puck over and watched the guy skate away and score yeah. in the net, didn't chase him down. 
right? So there's something missing with those guys um, uh, that uh, even uh, a guy like Hitchcock hasn't been able to fire up. Yeah, there's, they don't right? have a supporting cast of any kind on the on the forward lines. But they just don't. When you're, I mean, they signed. They're, I, they're, I, they're, they're, I know what you're Erickson saying. Erickson is Lucic, I, I but Lucic is, has even less well, skills. A, that's that 2016 free agent class, Lucic, yeah. right? But that, I, I know what you're saying about supporting cast, but like a guy like Crosby makes Jared McCann look good. Right, like he, he, you have these players. When you're an exceptional player, you just elevate everybody in your line. Um, McDavid puts up the points, but there's still, like I said, there's still a flaw in his game. Almost that. that the only thing I'd say to that is he does make the guys that play on his line better, and that he's he's shown that with uh, Alex Chason. Yeah. He's shown that recently with um, good old good old Kanak Cassian who has been not putting up anything until he's been put on the line with McDavid. So I, I don't think it's fair to say McDavid doesn't help the players on his line produce. I think he does. I think he's a phenomenal player. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you when it, when it says there's something about watching him where you're like, he gets by on his talent. Yeah. Is his brain, is his hockey sense the best? Or is it just his talent is so good that it carries him... Yeah. You know what I mean by yeah, saying yeah, no, that? No, okay. that, that, makes, but to, that makes sense. To answer uh, John's question is, uh, is McDavid stuck in a funk and going down with this Edmonton team? Uh, yes and no. Um, he's not stuck in a funk. He's still a phenomenal player. He's second in the league in scoring. Um, it's not him. It's, it is the Edmonton team. It's the management that's there that can't, uh, provide the players like you mentioned to put the so supporting the, cast, like so you the said. Oilers, the Oilers are the funk. That the he's Oilers. Chirelli was the yes. Chirelli right? was, was the funk, and we'll yeah. see what happens yeah. to them going forward. Now, the only thing I'd say though is, um, you know, John mentions breaks. he isn't getting any younger. Well, he's 22 years old. I mean, he's got lots of hockey in front of him. I don't. And we know John. We know you're not getting any younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he says, should he be traded to a team that can actually win a cup? Well, any team that's in a position that's going to win a cup cannot afford Connor McDavid without giving up significant pieces on their team. Uh, at $12.5 million, you handicap a team right away with the, with the amount of money you're bringing, you're bringing to that cap. So without significant pieces from a team going back, is it going to make a difference? You definitely need a lot of ELC help. See, Jake Furtanen exactly. should be traded Lots to Edmonton to play with Connor McDavid because he's the only guy that can keep up with him. Yeah, well, but, pretty you know, much, yeah. But Furtanen's um, another guy that's got some amazing parts of his skill set without the IQ to follow it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we sum up that question. Uh, he can't I, – I don't see him getting traded to another team uh, unless there's many, many pieces involved. All right. right. Another question. Okay, good got, question, got, though, John. Got, I, like, I like that. We got five questions here, so let's uh, let's get moving. We'll go to the next one from Andy <clears throat> Broadway. He goes, he'd like a comparison of value of Pavel Bure and Elias Pettersson in their rookie season. So uh, uh, let, me, let me let me go. At, let me have a go at this one. Okay. Well, so talking about the value. So if, if if we're breaking down what what each player meant to the city at the time of their rookie year. Uh, Pavel Burry comes in 90, 91, I think. Yeah. 
91. The team had played in a playoff series in 89 against Calgary. They weren't they weren't good. They you know, they ended up almost uh, stealing. Uh, Joe Alato kicks in in the net. To right, and Stan Smeal misses that breakaway, or Mike Vernon robs him. Like Mike Vernon's glove on the uh, But Canucks weren't good. The whole 80s, Canucks weren't good. Um, Pavel Burry arrives, and this town is electric. Well, his, his first game. Back it up, because I think a lot of going into that is Linden, right? Like, we hadn't really had any success with with through the 80s, right? And then we went through the whole Cam Neely thing, right? And then Lyndon comes in, finalized for Calder, which had, you know, any award towards a Canuck in the 80s was a big, was, deal. Was a big deal. Like, the fact that Lyndon was just a runner-up and the Calder was huge. Like, you remember the... Yep. They were giving away the Lyndon for Calder buttons, right? Mm-hmm. So they started to get this bit of hype about the team at the end of the 80s. And then... I well, that's we, we were talking we were right at the end of the 80s, yeah, like 89, yeah. 90 was his first season. So we're, we're talking like yeah. 90 when, yeah. So you know. just a feed, there's a bit of frenzy coming in. And then all of a sudden this guy. Pavel Bray shows up. And he's, pl- he's playing in 90, 91, I believe. Yeah, and it's just electric. And like, what he brought to the town. I mean, to be fair, Bray played for the Canucks when Canucks were a better team. Yes. In a sense, uh, sorry. What, what well, I should say also, is better. There were some them. better players, is yeah. what I should say. Pac so he comes in. Already, Pac got, had already started building that team. Yeah, up. Igor Larionov's there. Um, I'm not sure who was there the first year he was there, but there was uh, was Cliff Ronning there. That's right in that time when that. It's right, it's right around there. Peter Nedved was there. Um, Kirk McLean was already there. So there was Lynn there, there were some guys that were already there, and the team was already in the up. Yeah. In the upswing, um, Patterson comes in. He's electrifying. He's he's done something that we just the, didn't expect. The skill set is completely different, right? Oh, they're like, different players. Like the electrifying they're, they're, that that Pavel Bure brought was like we we like, had our Bobby Orr, we he, had our our Bobby guy, Hall, we had our, our Guy Lafleur. You yeah. know, it was it, we never had that in Vancouver yeah. ever. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we've got the most exciting player. The on the planet, skating in our rink. Yeah. And uh, as a young fan then, well, young 30-year-old fan, you know, it was it was amazing to see. I mean, I got to see him play in, in one of his first few games with the Canucks, and every single time his skates hit the ice, every person in the crowd stood up. You know, it wasn't, you ex- it wasn't, you expected you something. You it, know the wasn't, most- it wasn't like, oh, what's he going to do? It was... Stand up and watch this guy because you know it's going to be amazing. And it was. It was amazing. The speed, the power, the the skill that he had, we had never seen that before. And it was, he would blow past opponents. And, and Pedersen is a whole different kind of skill level. Yeah. Yes. And he's got some amazing moves. He's got some amazing talent. But his it's passes, his brain. His shot. It's his brain. It's his brain. So, he's, he's like a Gretzky. Yeah. So, you know. And that's what I was going to say. So so for me, the comparison, the difference between them, Bray was, like you said, electrifying. He was... He, he reminded me of it, a young Guy Lafleur. And he could do it on his own. You know the most amazing part about Pavel Bray, his very first game, is that he was able to squeeze 150,000 people into the Pacific Hall. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone was at that game. Everybody was at that game. Winnipeg Jets. That's yeah. who they played. <laughs> I listened to it on the radio. I remember. Listen on the radio with my dad. I remember listening on the radio. And standing up 
in excitement for how Jim Robson was calling that calling game. the game. Like, so going back to that point, Pavel Bure was the type of player he could do it on his own. Okay, that doesn't absolutely. to me that doesn't make him a better player. I think looking at what uh, Pedersen brings to the game, I think Pedersen is a uh, smarter player than Pavel Bure. I think, and what I mean by that, I think his vision is is oh, better. Sure. His vision on the ice is absolutely unbelievable. The passes that kid makes. It, it, it really is next level. You know, the, yeah. one of the things I find most They exciting, both have an electrifying shot. What I find, yes. most, what I find most exciting about Pedersen is he has the opportunity to push Mario Lemieux to number three on the all-time great list. <laughs> Are we counting Burry as a head of... Please. Please. You know, what, what, they, what they both bring... I was taking shots at What David. they both bring, though, in ample <laughs> quantities, and, and this is what it all comes down to, is hope. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. They bring hope to the team. Like yeah. when, when Pavel Bury hit the ice and you got to see him play, you went, wow, with that guy, we have a chance. Yeah. And when you watch Pedersen play, it's the exact same thing. Yes. You go, with that guy, we have a chance. Yeah, but now people are watching that and says, why can't yeah. that chance and then be tomorrow? The, well, the part, yeah, <laughs> and, and half the media. But, but the big thing is, is with Pedersen, He's got a guy on his wing. Yeah. He's got a Besser that can fire the puck. And then, you know, now you've got a Horvat. So now we've got a one and a true one and two center yeah. again, which every great team needs. Yeah. You and know? I think a lot of a lot of people don't remember when Pavel Burry first entered the NHL, he played a fourth line role. He played on the fourth it didn't last very long. Yeah. No. But uh, he tried to hide him and protect him on the fourth yeah, line. Put him on the fourth line, put him on the okay, well With this Gino? this kid we can't yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some talk out there that uh, when when Pavel Bury first arrived, he said uh, he said to the to the team, he goes, "Who's the the tough guy on yeah. the team?" And they they say, "Oh, it's be Gino Ojek." He went right up to Gino. He said, "Me and you are going to be friends," because yeah. he knew he needed someone to protect him. Yeah. See, uh, ninety one, Greg Adams, Sean Antosky. There's another tough guy. first round pick. Yeah. yeah. Dave Babich. Played golf with him once. Pavel Bury. <laughs> Courtnall, yeah, Jeff. So that trade, Ronnie's there. Then that trade's happened. Yeah, Igor, yep. Igor Larionov, yeah. Trevor Linden, Yerky Lumi, Kirk McLean was in that. Sergio Mameso. Yeah, Mameso, Courtnall, Ronnie, Ojic, and Robert Ronnie. Dirk. That was Robert the Dirk. that was the four guys Ryan, they got. We had Ryan Walter then too. And that was Garth Butcher going the other way. And Tony Tanny. To, no, that was uh, Pittsburgh. Tanny was. Uh, yeah. Tanny went to Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Butcher went with Tanty to Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure Butcher went to St. Louis. Doug Litzter well, was one of our stalwart right. defensemen. Yeah, but I can't remember who went with him. Was it? Was that wasn't the whole Craig Janney mess? Was it? No, Skrico. No, that was too late. No, Petri Skrico. No, I'd have to go back and look it up, but I I can't remember who we sent. But, anyways. But we had um, you know we had some good young players on. Anyways, Edward was only yeah. twenty. You know. Yeah. Bury was twenty. Uh, who else was? Should we go to the next question um, here? Yeah, we good good uh, good gonna, topic there, uh, Andy. <clears throat> Thanks, Andrew. Mr. Broadway. Andrew? Andrew? Is that how you know him? Mr. Broadway. All right. Okay, next question from Glenn Ritchie. What are your thoughts on making the draft lottery more about the teams and not about ping pong balls? Should the out-of-playoff teams have playoffs to determine draft rankings? It would give teams something to play for down the stretch, which can mean better hockey for those buying tickets. Having a draft... 
playoff also means gate revenues continue for a bit longer than normal. Okay, let me address this. I know I, we've, I, we've discussed this, and I think you have a great this, plan. So this many is times. actually, Glenn's suggestion is actually not a bad one because it would be an easier sell to the ownership at Gold. I don't know if it would. I mean, yeah. So you're selling more tickets. What, He's what, talking about a few more, a handful of more games to sell mm-hmm. tickets. Oh, you're talking about like an extra playoff round for the for the non playoff teams. Non playoff team playoff having round. playoff rounds. But then that takes away from from the, the, from the actual Stanley Cup yeah. playoffs. Uh, I still I still like like my idea. Um, you want to make every game count the entire season. You want teams that you, you people buy tickets to games and they don't want guys that are just shut down for the season because well you know they got a they got a nagging injury that's really not bad but you know we got nothing to play for let's shut them down yeah. okay uh you want to see these guys play you want every game to matter you go back to what i've said time and time again on this show playoffs you're eliminated mathematically from the playoffs you go into a second bracket so to speak a a whole new table in that table you start accumulating points from the day that you're mathematically you eliminated. you get that E beside your name. That The day that it says E beside your name, you're mathematically eliminated. You go on to this other pool. You might be the only team on there for a couple games, but there's your chance. Every point, Every you, point get. you get on there for the last, what, I guess it's, what, 15 teams that don't make the playoffs? That's your order. Whatever, however many points you get after being eliminated, that's your order. So you can be your the order. first one eliminated and only win two games, end up with four points, and the guy that gets eliminated with three games left in the season wins, wins three, all three, gets six. Gets six. They're going to get... Yeah, yep. You them. want games to matter. Yeah. You want every game to matter in the NHL from teams that are mathematically out to not just pack it that in. gets rid of the whole tanking idea. Gets rid of tanking big time. That would have helped better it, than the stupid lottery. They would have worked better to do it this way. Better than the lottery. Yeah. It means every single game matters in the NHL. Yeah. Right? And then if, the, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, what about the teams that get mathematically eliminated on the final day? Well, guess what? If you get mathematically eliminated on the final day, you didn't need first overall. Yeah. Because you're that close. Yeah. You didn't need first overall. You're picking 15th. That's exactly where you'd pick. Yeah. You got zero points in that new bracket. Yeah. So you're back to where you should have been. Well, we're 15th. We're going to take a clip of this and send it into the NHL. I don't I don't understand PM how combine so they can actually listen to it and and think about it and then let them have it as yeah. their, they can have it as their idea. Let, let me go and present yeah. it to the owners. Yeah. Hey owners, <laughs> sit down. You guys want you guys want your games to matter. You don't want 8,000 people you in, your, how, in your stands. You know how cheap this idea would be to the owners? All they would have to do, all the owners would just have to toss over one jersey and Dave would be happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just put a name on it. Yeah. Just pick your captain. Yeah. Give me a jersey with your captain on it. Yeah. I'll be happy. Signed. Uh, so, yeah, of a course. Jersey and a jersey and a gift certificate to California Closets. And season tickets. <laughs> well, we'll see. Which team? Yeah. Canucks. Oh. To Langley Riverman. I don't want to travel. Well, I do want to travel. I can't travel. Um... It, to me, that makes the most sense. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, and and it, the talked, other thing, if you, if you want, and if you do past. that, and if you yeah. do that, right now we have that, you know, There's the four three. four teams out right now already. Three okay. in the east, one in the west. Yeah, okay. What I'm saying is if you do that, and right now we have the games that go to three points, yeah. and they're like, oh, you can't have three-point games because it's, it, it, it's, um, it's false 
hope. Like it's keeping the schedule, it's keeping teams tighter falsely because yeah. yeah. you're getting loser points. Okay, go back to go back to two points. You get yeah. if you win, you get the two points. You you, you don't, you get zero. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now teams are getting eliminated with twenty games to go. It's more realistic. Yeah. Right to where they would have been. And let them go into that loser bracket and let them play from there on in. You can sell the games that way. I, I, like, games I, that like, way. I like the three-point system. I do like it. I it like works it. for what they have right now, right? It does. And it, problem, I'm not saying keeps, it wouldn't work. It keeps teams in the race longer. The problem with it, it that does, but, is, is... But, but do you need to be if, if now you're racing for the draft pick? Do you know, you do you know what I'm saying? It. Like, would, it would also oh, no, help. I've got nothing I mean, against your idea. Obviously, the ultimate goal is to make the ultimate goal is to make the playoffs, that and that's have, what it should be it for would, teams. It right? would really upsell the draft because now you can promote the draft because you'd have to use that as a selling point. Like here in Vancouver, I don't think it would be a hard thing to sell with the idea of a draft because you know you get it in most of the Canadian markets. You would. You know, but a what lot you, of, you know what you could have? But in the Floridas or Arizonas that might not quite. You'll have a lot of fringe fans that don't really care about the draft. That might be a hard sell, but I think if you promote the draft that way, you would yeah. help. You but do. What you could have is you could have a pre-tank tank. You could have a team that's so bad at the beginning of the year just tanks it so that they get eliminated but it sooner. Make sense then. And then they get more points know, faster to saying. guarantee the first pick. I know what you're pick, saying, but right? like in. But that doesn't make sense, and that and there's nothing preventing that right now, anyways. Just remember, Ottawa but, has had a horrible year, and they. Yeah. But they why would a team? So do they? Now, when you're in your system, yeah. Are they going to still have just a percentage chance? No, 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 no. That's your order. Most that's points. Your order. Yeah, that's okay. your order. So, so whoever wins so what that if a team gets off to a terrible start. Yeah. Yeah. Then they just kind of tank it so that they can get eliminated sooner. Your tank. So they can start accumulating yeah. points sooner yeah. to get that first pick. Your yeah. tank. So, but, but, but that, that, would, that but it would change at the draft, too, or at the at, not the draft at the uh, at the trade deadline, because if they're almost out of it at the trade deadline, they could become buyers instead of sellers because now they want to sure pick a guy. Teams aren't just going to offload players. Yeah, Te- like I know what you're saying. Like a team that comes out, they have a terrible start. No team, no players. Maybe a management might arrange like, yeah, we got a we got a bad team. Who cares what happens? Major but no league. players are playing, especially at the beginning of the season, no is being like, hey, yeah, let's let's just pack this in. Maybe we can get a good draft pick. No, but is, management can do it by they not can, playing certain they guys, try. bringing they up more try. guys from did the no farm. One ever they can try. Did no one ever watch a movie Major League? Yeah, right. right. That yeah. that whole movie is about the management trying to tank and the players saying, screw you. But right? but I but just I just don't seeing it was <laughs> I just don't seeing that I don't see that being uh, I don't see that being um, possible for any team to even want to do even when Connor McDavid was the don't get me wrong yeah. I like your idea yeah it was I'm a, just I was just being the devil's advocate yeah no I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs that made it all change it, so. yeah it was awesome Matthews so and there's the thing so then you promote it as Okay, you're you're now it's the instead of the tank for so and so, it's the race. Get yeah. the most points you can to get McDavid. Get to get the most points you yeah. can to get Jack Hughes or yeah. whatever, right? So you, you make can no it, longer carrying on your losing ways that's because it. you're it's not gonna getting cost rewarded, more. right? Because that's yeah. that's so now you can't yeah. sit vets and play your young kids. You have to st- still you got to play to win. Yeah. You got to compete. Game. You have to compete. You know, and not, that's not that the players don't do it, but it sells it to the fans better. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. Last question. I'll lead you. I'll read this out to you because this okay. will be all you talking on this one. So this is from Chris, right? 
It has been over three weeks, and the Caps now have gone 0-3 in what sounded like a promising start to the MLS season. With a new hopeful and energetic Mark Dos Santos taking the helm at the end of 2018, Dos Santos made it clear to fans and to management that he wanted to eliminate a toxic locker room with players that wanted to be in the team and players that could play his style of soccer. With dynamic players who are willing to fight and react well when losing possession. Since the start of the Dos Santos era and the transfer of Caps' beloved Alfonso Davies to Bayern for $22 million, the Caps have acquired 13 acquisitions. John, okay, I'm not going to be able to pronounce these names. You don't have to name them all. There's 13 players, and have also re-signed three other players. With no results in preseason, Dos Santos has remained optimistic and confident that the team... He wants the Whitecaps to be has built their foundation to grow on. It should be addressed, however, that the Caps were still acquiring some of their new acquisitions and were unable to play as a full team in preseason. After a disappointing home opening 3-1 loss against functioning Minnesota, Dos Santos sounded hopeful in his team. He's a... He wrote a story. Yeah. Holy smokes, he did warn me that this was long. I did. Dos Santos sounded hopeful... In his team growing with some bright moments to show with Dos Santos commenting on Reina's free kick that led to their first goal. Dos Santos did, however, admit later that he felt the goals the Caps gave up were sloppy and due to poor decision-making, such as Nowitzki foul that led to the goal from the penalty. So I'm just going to stop you in we between. We talked about that one. We yeah. did talk about that one, and it, and it was a legit penalty. Yes. Can I continue? Yep. Okay. Um, the other positioning of the Henry in the second goal and the deflection of Godoy that led to the other, the last goal. In game two, the Caps came into a hostile Salt Lake environment, hosting once again due to another Nowitzki foul that led to a penalty shot that Shouldn't many believe should shot. not have been awarded. Regardless, Nowitzki was put in a situation to make a play on the ball to prevent a goal. Yet aside from the two disappointing results, Dos Santos remained hopeful in the team's chemistry. They did look a little better in that game. Again, right. he, he mentioned... That one poor play that bounced went against Nowitzki because that ball, they could have worked mm-hmm. positive for him and not had that penalty kick. So, but yeah, I did watch a bit of that game and thought it wasn't that horrible. So finally finishing up on their road trip, the Cats once again had a disappointing loss against a noisy crowd in Houston. Once again, Dos Santos comments that the team's loss came down to decision-making for the Caps' defense. Canadian Derek Cornelius had a nightmare of a game to forget, where he gave the ball up that led to the Dynamo's first goal of the game, and later a tackle in the box that led to the second goal. Mm-hmm. To end on a good note, it is a positive to see, see even in these losses the Caps have Montero, Reina, and Huang, who have played well and are producing chances and opportunities for the team to win. After I scrolled through the toxic comments... Of so-called Cavs fans. Are they Canucks fans? Yeah. Maybe there's a theme in this city. On social media, the trend from the media and fans is that the new Cavs team has new faces but still producing the same negative results. As a White Cavs fan to the end, including Man United, it is depressing to read such comments without adding anything constructive to this conversation. No offense to previous manager Carl Robinson, but I am a fan of Dos Santos and the energy and fresh air he was trying to bring to the Cavs. That felt stale near the end of Robinson's reign. Given these facts, here are some questions for the panel. You know what? 
it was a bit long, but I appreciate the information and that, it, because it's it gets into good. a lot more than it's, any, it's very good last. because he's actually painting yeah. a picture of the th- of the uh, of the games, yeah. right? So, yeah. I, and that's why I said let's just go ahead and, and read the whole thing instead yeah. of instead of so. skipping over. But I, I wanted to address something earlier. He mentions about Derek Cornelius. Cornelius didn't just play bad in the second game; he was terrible in the first home opener as well. He was caught so far up the field so much. That Minnesota was beating beating the Whitecaps down the left side, well their right side, but Whitecaps left side. So often, I made comment on that. Uh, I think after we yeah. after that game, um, I think he looked really bad, and they really desperately need to upgrade for the left back. Anyways, okay. now let's go into these. So we're gonna go to the questions. Here. He goes. I know that Mike that Dos Santos is winning is a winning coach and has made teams champions in other leagues. However. Is his style of play fit to compete against other contending teams in the MLS? Just let's answer that question. So we'll go on with that. He, he does get into some other stuff too about uh, about the, the money spent. So here's the thing. Uh, his style of play. I don't think we've had enough time to, to really take in his style of play. I don't think the players have... Uh, had enough time to play together. Yes, I think they will get better. Uh, but that being said, the guys that they brought in, I am not impressed with a lot of them. Uh, apart from the Korean, uh, which is Swang, yeah. uh, who I think is phenomenal. Uh, there's been a lot of talk from people to say that John Arise is a great player. I, he looks okay. I haven't seen enough to be like, wow, I need to see that guy at, at, at the defensive midfield spot every game because he is so good. No, he hasn't shown that to me. I think he's okay. Is, that, is this tough what they did and how much of this team got revamped? Like it's in, like that every in, year here in Vancouver. They in, in change ge- out players in so general, much. In soccer, like how much is that chemistry for players? Because, um, you know, baseball... Is it different? Isn't probably yeah, okay. as necessary in baseball as much as just the personalities getting. So I'll put it. I'll put it like this: It's different than hockey. Yeah. Hockey, when you play with line mates and and you know yeah. whatever level, the more you play with somebody on your line, the better. The you'll get. You'll figure it out. The, Synchronization. The, yeah, the more important it is yeah. <clears throat> in that situation than it comes to soccer. Um, soccer, you you have your role, right? right. Uh, each position, you have your role. Yes. Sure, if you're if you're familiar with players, it might make things a little bit easier. Like you know, a forward tends to want the ball more at his feet than he does into space. So, and so the chemistry know, isn't as important as knowing that your position requires you to do X Y Z. I think I think that's fair to and say. And it's the execution of X Y Z that makes the difference. I think that's fair to say, based on on the coach and other, his style of play. Other than maybe the like some long ball plays that players run into and stuff that that will work. But yeah, okay, I got so, you. Yeah. I think that's fair that to say. That was just a question that popped in my head right there. So, okay, on to, uh, we can go to the second part. Yep. With uh, with the $22 million the Caps received in the Ponzi scheme. Oh. <laughs> the, fun, the Fonzi trade. <laughs> the Fonzi trade. Have the White Caps invested that money well in the new acquisitions? No. Is this... Now... Is this expected? Like, no, they I'm might a, have. I'm so, a very, very... Like, I listen to the what they talk about the White Caps. I don't watch too much... But my impression of what was going to happen with that money is that they were going to invest it in a youth. Like, they were, it was going to be more into the development side of stuff. Now, can we say that's the direction, or did they pocket some of that money? And well, they probably did, because I don't think they've put all that money back into the team. I mean, um, apart from Huang that they've brought yeah. in, he's a young player. He's only 21 years old. He's wow. phenomenal. Uh, they brought in a couple other young guys, but 
I think what the fans here wanted, and it, maybe uh, Chris is right when he says this, the so-called fans, but the fans want to see something. They see all these other teams that are spending money on named players. Yeah. And I think that that's what the fans want to see is just to show us that you care it is. about this team. Bring in a player. Like people say, okay, well, Wayne Rooney was brought into DC United last yeah. year. People would be like, well, Wayne, Wayne Rooney's old and... And what he came in and made that team a playoff team. He did it single-handedly. He was phenomenal there at 30-whatever years old. So to say there's no value in bringing in these older players, not only do you pack that's your stands. That's fa- an pack extreme stands, world talent, though, you know. But so are these other players. Like yeah. uh, Pirlo plays with yeah. New York City. Uh, Lampart plays. Look at LA Galaxy. They're consistently bringing in... Uh, high-end talent. Steven Gerrard's played there. David Beckham's played there. Uh, Keane's played there. Uh, Ashley Cole has played there. Like, you could go on and list and list and list all these guys that are, like, have had careers that you know who they are. Yeah. Whitecaps will go and tell you, this guy we brought in is really good. Where's our Pavel Burry? Exactly. This well, right. exactly. We sold him. Ex- we sold him to. But this is exactly when <laughs> exactly. we going back on what it was like being a Canucks fan in the eighties, yeah. and you're like, "Where's our superstar? Where's our guy?" Yeah, Don so, Lever so is really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> so where's our guy? Like, and I think that's what the fans want to see. So when they had this twenty-two million dollars, I think a lot of the fans wanted to see that put in, even if it was, even if it wasn't the right move. Yeah. For for the club building, okay. Even if it wasn't the right move, I think the fans want to see, show us that you care yeah. about this club by it, spending some money on a player. Because we spend the money. Surround them, the surround them yeah. with all the youth guys that you want to, you want to bring yeah. in. Yeah. Fine. But bring in, give us one named player that people are like, I know that, that name. That we can watch and will entertain I, us. And I know that yeah. name. Yeah. I think that's what the fans wanted. So when it says the twenty-two million, do I think no? I don't think they've. I don't think they've been um, proper in the way that they've gone about it. But yeah, well, isn't their payroll see, still one of the see, lowest in the leagues? Um, as a fan, especially now with the team, like you know the 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 Whitecaps fans are probably the most passionate at the games, more so than Canuck fans. I wouldn't say they're more passionate fans, but a lot of the passionate Canuck fans do so from the couch, where you know the Whitecats fans do so from the south side in the stadium, right? So um, it's a ticket revenue, you know, ge- uh, financial generated league. So those fans that are going to the game are actually the ones supporting the team. And yeah, they don't have the big TV contract yet. Yeah, you know. Right? So, but yeah, I could see why they're upset. Okay. Um, Okay, well, he's still got two more questions here. Mm-hmm. In the modern game of soccer, teams, players, and management jobs are relied on getting results. Right now, it is safe to say that everyone is feeling the pressure under the microscope. Unlike Dos Santos' role, model, Jose Mourinho, the special one. Dos Santos is still employed as a manager at this time. However, do you see the cast management being patient with him and treating the team like an expansion team again? Mm-hmm. Or do you see them cutting ties if the same... Results remain the same. I, I think he's going to be here for a while. So they're going to. Like, I don't. I don't think. I mean, no team wants to get into a, a position where they're constantly just changing managers, changing yeah. managers, changing managers. And this is what happens when you bring in a new manager, and you saw it this year with the with the Whitecaps. 
the player turnover is even more. Right. It's even more, right? Because the new guy wants to bring in their own guys. So I don't see the Caps getting into a place where they're going to be like, you know what, the Santos you've got this year, and if you can't do anything, you're out of here. Um, I think the Caps will get better. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to be uh, losing every game all year. But I don't think they're going to be a team that's going to be con- uh, contending for a championship. I just, I just don't see it. Uh, I, I like a few of the players. Yeah. Um, and maybe I need, maybe I need to see some more. But I think it's, a, it's a huge loss losing a guy like Waston back there. Was he? Um, he didn't want to be here. He was a Robinson guy. Yeah. Right. Um, the goaltender I think has looked okay in times. He's, he's made a couple big saves. Uh, but I think the Whitecaps screwed themselves over a couple years ago when they let David Osted go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're like because they didn't want to spend the money. It's what always seems to come back to. Um, I guess there's only one thing left to do as a Cast fan. If the team refuses to spend the money, you have to refuse to spend your money. Yeah. That's maybe the and, only and way. For the only listen. way you're going to see that is if uh, is if this team continues to lose and the fans start start to get back on I the thing they, that they were at a couple years ago or last year even. The standing out and whatever, but yeah. that doesn't really do anything because they got your money. Yeah, they don't right. care. Right. Okay, so a second. He's the next question is almost the second part to the last one. He goes, aside from Dos Santos, which players specifically are under the microscope right now on the team? I think this one's a tough. It's a it's a tough I, one to say because I don't think um, it'd probably take half a season before they start putting the microscope yeah. on them. Yeah, yeah. So There's other so than a guy like uh, like yeah. Russell Tybert, who yeah. played so much last year, who hasn't really got a sniff this year. Yeah. Um, someone like him. There's talk that he might be gone soon. Um, I don't know. I think they. I think there's a lot of places where they need to upgrade, and I think their their back line is is one of them. Uh, left back, which there there's some talk that they've signed a new left back, but he's just not here yet. Or I'm not really yeah, sure I heard, on, um, on that. The coach on the on one of the radio networks was discussing that he had signed a signed a left back that can't yeah. i don't know when like he, he's not scheduled I don't know if he to can't come until, until the transfer window opens yeah. or something or what but uh, i did hear that there was a, a new left black back that's supposed to come um a little left backpack yeah so i i mean apart from that i mean some players are so always little, under the so microscope it's a little right too so soon to be to to be under i think so but yeah i think so if the shocking players continue to be shocking, when you're maybe. 0 and 4, yeah. the whole well, team's going to I'm going to tell you something. Like right, right now, there, there's a very good chance that they're going to be 0 and 4 because the Whitecaps yeah. they don't play till next week, uh, they, and they play home to Seattle. Seattle is a very, very good team. Team, yeah. They are 3 and 0 right now. Um, so I, I will not be surprised if the Whitecaps are 0 and 4 after that game. Yeah. All right. Last question. Switching to UEFA champions. Dave, should our Man United team fall to Barcelona? Which team do you see going all the way to win? So is this, so it, it did the way he put this, because I'm not following Champions League at all, but yep. uh, how I would read this uh, is that this is Man United's Champions League to lose? No, no. <laughs> uh, it, it's almost a surprise that, yeah. that the, White, uh, the Whitecaps said that Man United has made it. This far, really, Whitecaps are. They've had. I keep saying Whitecaps. So, so Man U's <laughs> had a bit of an indifferent season this year. So they made a coaching change uh, around Christmas time. Right. Uh, they brought in Ole uh, Gunnar Solskjaer, who was a Man United player back, you know, years ago. Right. So he took over from Jose Mourinho. Yeah. 
And since that time, uh, Man United has been playing very well. Uh, in the Champions League, they've made it to the quarterfinals. They got a bad draw. They got to play Barcelona. It's not going to be easy for them. Um, so on that note, who do I the, the, who do I think is going to? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. Manchester City are playing unbelievably. Uh, Liverpool, who it kills me to say, they've got it somewhat easy draw. They're playing Porto. Yeah. They should make it to the semifinals. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Juventus. Ajax did um, really well knocking out Real Madrid. And Ajax are a good team, but Juventus should win that. Right. Um, I mean, most people would say Barcelona should beat Man United. Especially They should. Yep. Uh, but but, but United has been playing better lately. And anything can happen. And anything can happen. So... Uh, who's my money on if it can't be on Man United? Uh, gosh, that's a tough one. Would you put money on Man United? Um, well, I put my heart on them. Yes, obviously. Would I put money on them? I, it depends. Give me, give me some good odds. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? So you'd it, have it, to take odds to put them It on. might be if, if, uh, if Man United can't get by Barcelona, it could be Barcelona's year. But you wouldn't be disappointed, other than being disappointed Man United lost, but you wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Barcelona. No. Yeah. No. And it could be their year. Yeah. They, they don't have to worry about Real Madrid anymore in the Champions League, thanks to Ajax. Yeah, um, but they, but they might have to worry about Cristiano Ronaldo, who's playing with Juventus. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd love to say that I'd like to see an England team win it, but uh, apart from Man United, uh, and I don't mind Tottenham, I don't want to see Man City or Liverpool win it. All right. So, that's some really good questions from yeah. Chris. I yeah, to say I that told to I, he actually uh, he messaged me after he said, "Hey, did you get a chance to see uh, my questions for you?" And I said, "Chris, you you actually you hijacked our podcast." Well, <laughs> you did. That was awesome. The face um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I like that. He's got uh, a year's worth of questions all wrapped up yeah. into one post, which was great. Yeah. But, well, what um, you didn't know, he's been writing his next question ever since he wrote the first. Yeah, one. he's getting ready for that. <laughs> no, actually, you know what, Chris, we do appreciate it. We uh, and Chris is a new a new listener. And he sent me a message saying, hey, uh, I've started listening to your guys' podcast. I've, I've made it up to such and such. He was at thir- episode 37. So he's been he's lived right so from the beginning. I don't know where he went back to. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It, it, it's been good because he said uh, he says he enjoys it. He thinks that we're we're pretty good at what what we're babbling on about here. Yeah. Which is good. It's good to hear when somebody says that. <laughs> we're like, hey, perfect. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you to Glenn. Thank you to Andy. Thank you to Lindsay. Thank you to John. Yes. Uh, we love the interaction, so that's good. Thanks to Mitch for being here tonight. You're yes. welcome. Thank you uh, for having me. Go see Mitch at Langley Toyota. That's right. He'll Thanks. get you a cup of coffee. Th- yeah. Cold. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Kevin from Silverwood Finishing. Thanks to Pow Air. Uh, Thanks to Kevin for coming back from Vernon tonight. Holy smokes, I'm tired. Episode 45. Yes. Our Sammy Vatnin episode. Got her done. All done. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Look forward to, uh, well, hopefully we get another recording before you're gone. Just so you know, uh, yes, I move in a week and then Dave goes on holidays. So if we're going to try to do one more. You're not leaving me alone, are you? The only only problem is, is, is editing time. 
right with moving and yeah. packing my stuff up so yes well, we'll try to bang one more out because it'll be a couple weeks after that before that's right we, we should arrange we should, everything yeah, we should actually the, post that on the on the right? facebook page so, as well uh kevin kevin's moving away yes he's not he's not gonna be close i'm moving so. to the okanagan so, so we're, gonna uh, try, we're gonna do this remotely i might be down here a little bit at the beginning but uh yeah so we'll see what we can do to to, to make this work We'll be bringing in the IT department for this yes. one, boys. Yes, yes. It's, so, it's just, so, it's just so easy. Don't, don't yes. count us out because we, we're hoping that we can keep this thing going. Um, Tin cans and fishing line isn't going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll have more information yeah. for you going forward, but uh, uh, don't write us off. Yes. Uh, even, even though we're going to take a couple-week break. Yeah. Um, Hiatus. Yeah, we'll be back. I know it's a it's a bad time of year as the playoffs yes. are about to start, but uh, you have to bear with us. Um, yes. And but thanks for all your support. Yes, we appreciate all the listens. So, uh, so hopefully we'll see you for episode forty six. Yes. All right.